0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good
1: morning. Good morning,
0: Sangha. Before we start with a little talk, the dharmat, I have an announcement. Gil asked me to announce that there are two year-end sessions for the Black Identified Mindfulness Circle this December. And this is facilitated by Ann Royce and Karen Wilkinson. They are Saturday, December 3rd, and Saturday, December 10th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Time. And it is on Zoom. You can register on IMC's website. I believe there is a link under what's new. And the invitation is, if you are Black identified, please join. Join them. And hosted by IMC, we're delighted to have any and all Black identified practitioners come. It's two sessions to reflect on the past year, to embrace the present, and to set intentions for the future. And the collective wisdom in the room will allow practitioners to reconnect and celebrate who they are, reaffirm resiliency and vulnerability amidst impermanence. So please feel welcome if you are um, identifying that way, or if you have friends who you think might benefit from it, please invite them. So today's talk is on Chanda, C-H-A-N-D-A, the Pali word for desire, which has a number of other translations that I'll talk about. Um, But first, I just want to give a little context. This is um, one of the bases for spiritual power and meditative prowess or success that the Buddha. Used to good effect before his awakening. And many other practitioners, including myself, have found it useful in our journeys. Desire often gets a bad rap in Theravada Buddhism, ancient Buddhism. And um, so I want to make a differentiation. Chanda, this kind of desire, is actually neutral, good or bad. But in the context of these teachings, it's good. It's definitely differentiated from tanha, which is thirst or craving. Instead, Changa desire is healthy or unhealthy because of what's desired. And um we'll give I'll give a couple of examples. So If what is being desired runs counter to, interferes with spiritual development, meditative development, then um, it's considered akusala or unwholesome, unbeneficial. One could even say unhealthy, perhaps, from a spiritual perspective. This is preoccupations with externals that distract from developing into the best of who we are. So that could be things that um, just don't lead to our overall well-being. And they can be innocent enough sensual pleasures, that's fine. But um, the way we relate to them gets a little bit maybe out of hand or distracting or has unhealthy consequences. Dhamma Chanda. The word dharma in Pali is dhamma and chanda together refers to a kind of virtuous desire, a beneficial, skillful, sometimes called wholesome desire, kusala in the Pali language, K-U-S-A-L-A. So wholesome desire is the kind of desire that is talked about in this teaching. It's onward leading. helps to energize the practice. And it fits in, as I talked about last time, with kind of two other legs on the tripod beneath this basis for spiritual success. Two that are always there are samadhi, often translated as concentration, collectedness. I like to think of it as immersion in this context. And then Padanha, which is wholehearted engagement, sometimes called exertion. So these three things together form this basis: the desire, the wholehearted engagement, and the immersion, the samadhi, the
1: collective intentness.
0: Wholesome desire has a sweet taste to it or flavor to it. And it um, has kind of a sweet feeling in your heart, right? Maybe some of you tasted that in the past in your meditations.
1: There is another distinction
0: to make, though. Even a wholesome desire can, to a lesser extent, be uh, co-opted or accompanied by an unwholesome motivation. So it's also about how something is wished for. And I'll give an example here. So when I was in um, graduate school for Buddhist studies, I had a colleague, a friend who had come from the activist community, beautiful man, did a lot of good work in the world. But he described over years how him and this small group of others, they had these lofty intentions for the world, but it was accompanied by a lot of judgment and anger, and aversion, and eventually a sense of alienation, and he described remembering seeing the people around him slowly drop off one by one, alienated, burned out, and how they weren't bringing other people into their cause, because the way the desire was manifesting had this grasping,
1: and judgment, and unwholesome type of constriction to it. You can see it in my hand movements, those of you who are watching me. So, another facet of skillful
0: desire is that it's open, expansive, rather than constricted or obsessive. Ajahn Chah, a very famous teacher in the Thai forest tradition, describes suffering as rope burn clinging too tight to something. So is the desire a grasping hand, an open hand, or is it more arms flung wide? And the arms flung wide hints at a dimension of virtuous, wholesome desire or wish, which is that it's aspirational, uplifting, So,
1: uplifting,
0: open, the opposite of fanatical, because it is allowing whatever outcome to be, will be, but tuning into the wish for goodness.
1: So, less expectation, less grasping, is more helpful. That said, if one looks at
0: one's mind or heart, and I have deepened meditation, there's usually a little bit of grasping, even in the Dhamma Chanda, the virtuous desire. It's a holding on to the practice. One translator calls this the one fortunate attachment. And that, that is the kind of attachment that leads to the end of attachment right?
1: So it doesn't have to be perfect.
0: I can repeat that. It really doesn't have to be perfect. We don't need to get snarled up in our own intentions as long as the bulk of the intention for the practice is in the right direction. And we notice, notice the parts that aren't helpful. And the beauty of mindfulness practice
1: is that the mindfulness self-corrects.
0: So some ways to cultivate and nourish Dhamma chanda, this wholesome wish. Um, or to recognize it as it arises. And so I'm going to give kind of a word cloud of meanings, all of which are different nuances of translation from the Pali. Because no Pali word really translates perfectly into one English word, right? There's always a range. So as I explore the meanings, feel in your body how it feels as I speak them. The first is that Chanda is close to the Sanskrit root. I'm forgetting what it is. I think it's Kanda. Um, That means to jump. I like to think of it as to sort of jump or hop with joy, that kind of enthusiasm. So feel that in your body. Maybe imagine a skillful basketball player totally immersed and engaged in the game, jumping to make a perfect shot through the hoop. There's desire there. There is immersion, complete focus, collectedness. There's intentness, engagement. There's flow. It's how these factors Pulled together. It's enthusiastic
1: participation. Must play to win. So feeling that wish animating you to practice. Maybe listening for these words. Excitement. Enthusiasm. Love zeal, eagerness, appetite for, delighting in, animating
0: impulse, intention, devotion. So this cluster hints at a continuum, a continuum from excitement and enthusiasm on one end, through a heartfelt wish, and all the way to quiet devotion, even contentment. On the other end, because really this, this is a continuum to contentment, the wish that leads to wishlessness.
1: One really
0: beautiful way I've found to cultivate chanda, which I'll close with, to cultivate this wholesome wish and really turbocharge the practice is to appreciate the wish itself, appreciate that even that you want to have a beneficial wish to practice, to walk in the world with more kindness, mindfulness, whatever it is. That begins to create a positive feedback loop, a beautiful feedback loop that grows that desire and grows enthusiasm for the practice and engagement. And over time, as the practice deepens, and many of you are already very experienced, even at the very beginning, you might notice this, that this meditative development is the process of continually trading coarser, maybe less helpful desires for more and more refined ones. One very erudite teacher calls this
1: trading candy for gold. So this, this dharma desire is the wish that leads to wishlessness, to letting go, and eventually to freedom. So thank you. Thank you, friends.
0: In the next 24 hours, I just want to invite you, if it feels right, to notice the desire that animates you to do certain things, to practice or maybe engage in other activities and make a distinction for yourself. Is it beneficial or unbeneficial? Does it help with immersion in what's beneficial? If it feels right, talk it over with friends, learn all about it, or just notice.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your practice and look forward to being back with some of you tomorrow. Be well.